Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. Because it all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I am your boy, Buzz. I'm joined by my dude, Tony, a.k.a. Tony on Tap, and a good friend of ours, my little brother from the Twitter world, Jordan Lazowski, and we are here to recap a thank God Chicago White Sox victory, 7-6 to six over the Minnesota Twins. Before we do that, be sure you're going on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Socks on Tap. At on tap sportsnet anywhere you can listen to podcasts you can listen to us five star rating and review because that's cool and tough and check out grandstand if you're by the ballpark go to grandstand you can get awesome white Sox gear chicago sports gear or fo- follow them on socials at grandstand socks or grandstandsocks.com if you want other awesome white Sox content check out socks on 35th that's where jordan works and a bunch of other cool dudes so check that out as well Jordan, you're the guest. Welcome to your first. Well, this is, is this your first socks on tap? No, this is not his first socks on tap. He's been say, here before. It's he? been a very long time. Oh, but I, I have say. been here before. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm glad to have you. We're glad <laughs> to, to be have back. You. Good to be yes. back. We're glad I gotta crack him here for a White Sox victory. Um, guys, I, I titled this one It Always Has to Be Interesting <clears throat> because it always has to be interesting. The White Sox come out after a rain delay yesterday on Monday, which a lot of people were upset about because I guess it cleared up in the city. I'm not going to pretend like I know. All I know is it rained last night here in the Southwest Burbs, and it's just been raining constantly. I feel like we live in Seattle. But we come out today. uh, Lucas Giolito takes the bump, and he goes six innings. He lets up six hits, three runs, all of them earned. He only gets one strikeout, not a really – what a performance Lucas Giolito has often where he, he isn't striking out more batters, but not not a bad day for him. Um, you know, man, Jordan, like I said, guest, why don't, why don't you hop in here? What did you think about Giolito's performance today? Giolito's had some odd performances this year, and he, even when he hasn't been dominant, he's been good enough to put you in a position to win, and I that's the kind of game we got today. Uh, he, if you look at some of the numbers behind it, some of the spin rate with all that fun stuff with uh, foreign substance crackdown starting, I think he, you saw him become just the next victim of that. I mean, we've seen Lynn and Cease before him, now Giolito. It's like this isn't anything we weren't expecting, um, but it, it's the new norm for them. It's learning how to adjust with maybe a little less than your best stuff all the time. And I think some of the best pitchers – are going to be able to have games like today where you don't strike everybody out, but you still get your team through six quality innings. And that's what it comes down to today. Yeah, absolutely. Do enough to get the dub. Tone, right. what are you thinking? You know, I just I, – I felt like I just heard Jordan infer that Lucas Giolito used some sticky stuff. I feel like, you know, that might be 
<laughs> that might have been what he said. You know, we're just going to go right there and just leave it at that. And Josh, Josh Donaldson. What? It, it looks like he hasn't showered in three years. And he, <laughs> and he probably smells like piss after he eats asparagus. Like, you know, I, like, I just I cannot stand him in the first place. What a dick. The bringer, the bringer of rain. Oh, my God. Josh what a, Donaldson. What a dick. I, I just don't – I don't like him either one bit. Like <clears throat> if there's one person that really irritates me, it's Josh Donaldson. And I think that might be part of his shtick. That might be part of mm -hmm. his aura. Uh, <laughs> I have to bring the comment up. Or garlic. That's a, that's a good Josh Donaldson. We saw the ramen tweets. Uh, that his hair looks like ramen today. <laughs> oh, uh, I love but, ramen. You know, Josh Donaldson did imply that Lucas Giolito didn't have the sticky stuff today. And you know what? It, it, at first, I, I missed the I missed the Donaldson home run. I turned mm -hmm. the, the ball game on about thirty seconds afterwards. Thank God, because I I probably would have come in here firing guns blazing with Jordan <laughs> on the mic. And, and Jordan, you and I have had a healthy share of, of back and forth about Lucas Giolito over the last, what, four years? Oh, um, of course. How could so, I ever forget? So, like, before – and what's funny, too, is before I even asked you to come on tonight, I didn't even look at the pitching matchup. And then when I saw it was it was Lucas Giolito tonight, I'm like, this is perfect. This is kismet. We'll have, we'll have a good conversation. We'll have some good conversation <laughs> around this. But, no, in actuality, like, what you said was completely spot on. Um, you know, regardless of – of what uh, Lucas Giolito was working with, not working with, spin rates, all that good stuff. Uh, still able to pitch a quality ball game tonight, and the Sox come away with a victory. I mean, you limit the damage uh, that that was done very early in this ball game, and that's a veteran veteran type pitcher move. Um, and you know, I, I like what we saw out of him today. I, granted, I want him to be ten times more dominant than he was. I'd like to see five plus strikeouts and. Uh, not a lot of hard contact, but you're not going to win every ball game by overpowering, you know, everybody, every mm -hmm. single time you're going to have to figure out ways to get the job done. And Giolito did that tonight. So kudos to him. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. I do want to say one thing, your boy, Jordan, he, he talked, he talked some shit after the game. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but no. Giolito commented on what Josh Donaldson said. And he said that uh, Giolito called Donaldson's comments, a classless move as he crossed home plate. And then Giolito said, we won. The W is next to my name. They're in last place. Good. Absolutely love that out of Lucas Giolito. Good. Are they in last place though? I thought they moved up to third. I don't know. I don't know how the, the bottom dwellers are doing down there. I haven't paid too much attention to teams that aren't within five games of us, uh, but are they in last place? But they, uh, maybe they, well, Giolito's on, yeah. I don't they, know. They maybe Giolito's on the wins. same plan. They all have 33 wins between the Twins, Tigers, and Royals. They all mm -hmm. have 33 wins. So, I mean, that's brutal. <laughs> I, I mean, love it. At, at the end of the day, it's – it's he's kind of right. It's not necessary. It's like as long as you didn't let it affect you and kind of move with it in the game, that's fine. Based on what he says, it looks like he just didn't see it during the game and that's whatever. But I don't know. I that It's a lot of talk from a last-place team. I – you got to think about where you're at once in a while when you're starting stuff. That's what it comes down to. Right, I get yeah. everyone has their thing to fire themselves up, but apparently I mean, Josh Donaldson's just being a dick. That's what <laughs> fires him up. Just like <laughs> doing, doing stupid stuff, like kicking dirt over home plate for no fucking reason or 
you know, calling out Lucas Giolito and insinuating that, you know, somebody's cheating. I don't know. Maybe that's just his, ah, I, I fucking hate that guy. Yeah. I don't think anybody here likes Josh Donaldson because, you know, I obviously we've touched on it before. He's just like that. He's that dude that never left high school. Like I, that's just the only thing that I can picture that, you know, he's a jock that never left high school and he acts like an asshole all the time, but highlights from today's game. There's a lot of scoring to get into. Let's do it. We, we start with the Donaldson home run to left. Um, and that, it was a two run shot. So the Sox answer again, or well answer in the uh, bottom of the first where Collins, Grounds out to short. Goodwin scored. Grandal got to second. Abreu to third. It stops. Sox were 0 for 5, I believe, in the second and third inning with runners in scoring position, which is something that we've seen a trend of a lot this year. Uh, so, you know, obviously they did were able to clean it up and get some runs across, thank God, to, to win the game. But still, you know, in all, they got to clean that up a little bit, start getting some hits here. Um I do want to point out and congratulate Gavin Sheets. Uh, that was awesome. His first at bat. Second pitch that he saw in the major leagues, he smacks one to left field. And boys, uh, Jordan, I know you played baseball pretty pretty long as you were growing up. He said it benefited him to have that cup of coffee mm-hmm. and then go down without playing, without drinking it. Then sure. coming up this time and not having the nerves. What, what do you think about that comment? Because I, I found it interesting. Like it, it, He seemed to be more calm in his mind today when he went up to the plate. I, I think there's, I mean, no matter what level you play at, and I, again, I played through high school. Like right. I, I helped analytically for the Notre Dame team. I didn't play for them. So I can't speak to that, but right. it's wh- whenever you're the younger guy, you're the new guy. It's the same situation. You're, you're new, you're fresh. It, it's a little bit different to you. And, and just sometimes taking that step back and learning is all you kind of need. And I think that's kind of what he's describing here. It's like, we all have that, no matter if it's a new job, a new team you're working on. You're When you're the new face, having a little less pressure on you just to start and get familiar with things, Like we all want that in our lives. And I think that's kind of what he's talking about there. It's just, hey, I need to get used to things. It'll kind of help me next time around here. And give a little chip on the shoulder, too. You know, hey, I didn't get to play last time. Now it's my time. Yeah, he and he looked confident too, yeah. which was which was great. Just calm and confident, and he he ends up with two hits tonight, guys. You know that that's that's a great thing to see from him. I'm, I was I'm really happy with that. Getting back into the scoring, um, the Sox will tie the game, and that's when uh, Sheets grounds into a fielder's choice. A Brayul score, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that was uh, the the inning that Grandal laid down a bunt, and. Um, I know a lot of people here don't like bunts so much, but <laughs> everybody needs to admit right now that was probably the most cool and fucking tough bunt I've ever seen because I, I think that might up the speed rating for Yasmani Grandal, and that will be the show. I have no problem with uh, bunting against a shift. I got no issue with it. Were you shocked? I was. I have never seen him even attempt that. Neither have I. So I was incredibly shocked by it. I was like, what are you doing? I'm like, Oh, so you're going to start doing that once in a while now? Okay, that'll help for the dribblers that should be getting through the left or the right side that aren't. Like, right, Tony, what did you think about the bunt? I, I, I dude, you know, I, I've loved small ball this whole entire time. I think I've been fairly vocal about that. Um, a well placed bunt right there from Yasmani Grandal. I, I love that because it, it makes your opponent think. Like, if I'm going to shift on him next time, like even if he doesn't get that down. Like just and it rolls foul, or they they wind up getting him out. It makes you think the next time Yasmani Grandal comes up to bat, like is he going to do this again? 
And anytime yeah. you're looking at the scouting report advanced on, on Yasmani Grandal, you're going to see what he did tonight and say like, okay, if we, if we shift on him, we might be giving up a free hit here. And Jordan, King of the Yasmani Grandal because he gets on base fan club. <laughs> this is just another thing that's in the arsenal right now, and he may never have to do it again. But if mm-hmm. that prevents a shift one time for for a, a ball to get over into into right field, yeah, that does the job right there. So I think that that's that's just not only a good play right there, but also a good future play uh, for the White Sox offense. Uh, when you've got Yasmani Grandal up there, I think that was, I don't know if, I don't know if Yaz did that himself. I don't know if Tony called for that. It doesn't even matter. Um, dude just finds ways to get on base. As we like to say here, that's cool and fucking tough. I loved it. I loved every second of it. And it it worked. It works better because it it worked out and we can talk about it in, in a good light versus, Man, that was a shitty bunt that he popped right back to the pitcher. And don't fucking do that, Yasmani Grandal. So it's always it's always great when it works. Um, mm-hmm. But I think situationally, right there, that was a that was an awesome move. His June has been just so fantastic. Phenomenal. I mean, mm-hmm. and and it's it's something that I tweeted out at the end of May. I because I'm I am not on the. Uh, committee like Jordan is for Yasmani Grandal fan club. I, I like Yasmani Grandal, but me and Jordan would ride into war for Carson Fulmer together. Still. But, yeah, still. <laughs> but I, I'm a big Yasmani Grandal We have like a fan. soundboard with like a womp womp. Like, yeah. You know, just play. <laughs> we can invest in one. All right. All right. But I was just looking at stats for Yaz, and I had put out a tweet at the end of May. I was like, listen, I'd love this a lot more if he was able to make some contact, or, sure. you know, get some guys in and, 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 you know, not just walk. Swing the bat again. He's doing that. His June, guys, he's hitting 250, 17 hits, six home runs, 13 RBIs in 22 games. I mean, it's it's amazing, guys. He is literally – this June he's turned it around, and this is why he's gonna be an All Star. People could look at his, you know, his batting average and go, "Oh, well, he's you know having batting two hundred. Look what he's been doing. He is yes, and I agree with Frank there. He is probably the most important player on the team, if not right now, he is actually because he's doing it all. And I think you do bring up a good point. Um, you know, with this team not being super healthy for most of this year. Grandal's walks were uh, underappreciated and undervalued because no one was there to drive him in. I, I think seeing him change his approach just a bit, getting maybe a bit more comfortable while still not expanding the zone all that often has been an important part for this team because someone needs to drive in these runs. And I think the typical Grandal approach works really well on a healthy White Sox team. It it, it may have been a little underappreciated in April and May, just because it's like someone needs to hit these guys in like that. That was the real issue for such a time. And I, right. I totally got what you were going with that buzz back when we had talked about it before. It's just, yeah, you, you, someone needs to hit these guys in at the same time. And that that's where seeing what he's doing in June has been so helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he like he's, he's transformed <laughs> his game by putting the bat on the ball. And I mean, it's just, it's been really awesome to watch. Very, very pleasing. That That's for sure. So well, how um, much, how much of that was his health though, guys? Like let's, well, cause it's neat. Cause it's yeah, neat. Let's, let's yeah, remember sure. that at one point uh, we did get some sort of a report out that, you know, he, his health issues that he was dealing with were behind him. And I mean, he was still productive. Like he still got on base. He was still doing things. And as Jordan mentioned, like somebody does need to hit those guys in. But you look up and down that lineup, and, and even to a point before Luis Robert was injured, like a lot of that's going to come back to 
Jose Abreu. A lot of that's going to come back to Yohan Moncada. A lot of that's going to come back to Tim Anderson. I mean, if you have a healthy Nick Magical and you've got a few guys on base and you get a single, you're going to drive runs in. So the the getting on base portion of this is just as important. And I want to talk just for two seconds about how important it is for somebody to drive up counts. What we saw today Mm -hmm. with Kenta Maeda driving a pitcher to the brink of coming out of a ball game in the fourth, fifth inning is so important, not even in just that game, but taxing another team's bullpen. This is exactly the type of offense that we talked about early on this year that was going to drive this team to winning series instead of just ball games, winning series. Because you could wind up losing the first game, but if you drive that pitcher out and tax the bullpen, they have to go to their closer and you can do some work against a bullpen, you know, that, that next game becomes a little bit easier. And right. guys like Yasmani Grandal in the middle of that lineup, even when he might not be driving runs in, when he's taking 10, 15 pitch at bats uh, at certain points, that's huge throughout a series, not just the ball game, but throughout the right. series. It's criminally undervalued, criminally undervalued. I agree. I, I think there there are many aspects that go beyond – I think I've said this before. It's like, it's not just walking and getting on base. You know, when you think about it in terms of not getting out, like the most valuable thing you have as a team, when you start a game, is the 27 outs you're given. Like every time you don't use one of those, you've had a good at bat. Like and when you start to view it that way, I think at least my hope is some of the value gets, you know, maybe recognized a little bit more, just understanding that it's not just about getting on base. It's not getting out and using up those most valuable things you're given to start a game. So are you a believer in the productive out then? I am a believer in the productive out. I think there are, I mean, what like Zach Collins had a productive out today when he grounded out run scores, like, and that's far. There are various levels of getting out as well. I think the most valuable thing you can do is not use one of your 27 outs, but at the same time, you can do something that's valuable with one of those 27 outs, if that makes sense. Sack flies, uh, RBI ground outs, stuff like that. Interesting. I just, I've never asked you that question, and I, I, I value the productive out just for sure. personally. Oh, for sure. I don't know how you feel about it, Buzz, but you go back to you know the, the bunt, and people get mad because I think there's, this, there's a sense around baseball that you know what, what Moneyball taught us was that outs are bad, and getting on base is good. And it, it, it's that, that makes it very black and white for a lot mm-hmm. of people. Um, and you can start to misconstrue some, some general notions about, you know, what is a, a productive at bat and what's not a productive at bat. And I think that there, there is some sort of middle ground where I think what you're saying is absolutely correct, Jordan. You don't want to use outs if you don't have to. Like I'm going to take a double over a ground out to second base to get that runner in from third. Mm-hmm. But what's your worst case scenario here is a strikeout. That's what you don't want. Right. I think that's like, that's the worst thing that could possibly happen is, is you, you strike out in that situation. So there, there are, there are different levels. We could talk about this all night, but I'm going to flip it back to buzz and he's going to keep this thing moving. Oh, no problem. <laughs> no problem. We're good. So I, I just talked about the sheets uh, fielder's choice and that'll tie the game at two to two Garcia, Lurie legend, Shout out Johnny Nani, who's on vacation right now. He singles to uh he singles the center field, or I'm sorry, right field, and that'll score Yasmani Grandal. Scoring stops there after a Mendic pop out. Sox have the lead three to two. Going to the top of the fourth. One of the best plays 
in my opinion, of the game took place in the top of the fourth. So this is where we stopped for a second with the scoring. And that is when Nelson Cruz singled the left field. I have never seen Andrew Vaughn move that fast before to cut that ball off before it got to the wall. <laughs> and then he gunned down Nelson Cruz at second base. Now, obviously boneheaded base base running play there. Obviously that was really, really dumb, but we're, was anybody else like impressed by Vaughn there? I, I know I was. I Jordan, I'll start with you and then we'll get Tony. Like, I felt I have I'm serious. I've never seen him move that quick before. And I I've always talked about his, you know his 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 outfield speed. Not that he's not productive out there. Mm-hmm. He is an, in the numbers, he's an abru- uh, you know above average left fielder. But I've never seen him move that quick and just I don't know. Andrew Vaughn had a good game today behind or at the plate and in the field. So I was pretty happy with that what did you think about that play it was my favorite play of the game I thought it was a big moment in the game actually and it's not even just how quickly he got to the ball but the throw he made getting back in that was really freaking good I think I was one who was very anti-Vaughn in the outfield I was very worried about you know this team's already missing big bats all you're gonna need is someone to roll an ankle because he's never played left field before and then all of a sudden now he's out of the the for a couple weeks and now you're really starting to struggle and I, he has been everything, I, I think, way more than I had ever anticipated. He's literally been league average and even a little bit above average. And I would not have guessed that when you had told me Andrew Vaughn's the starting left fielder. I was far more worried than it appears I needed to be because uh, he's been a whole heck of a lot better than I would have ever thought. Yeah, I'm with you on that, dude. I I, I have tweets that I don't. I don't delete my tweets anyway. <laughs> I have I have, tweet, I have tweets out there that like are like this is a fucking stupid move here. Right. Like this is like this is idiotic. And hey, I like to be wrong, especially I'm, if he yeah you know I like to be wrong, especially yeah. if he's going to play well and outperform what we thought he was going to do. Because I was totally in your boat. I'm like this is a terrible move. This poor kid is not get has like no minor league experience. He's he's playing in another position right. that he's never played in the majors, and we're going to ask him to be a consistent hitter as well because Eloy died again so you know like what are we gonna do here but yeah absolutely awesome play there Tony you want to touch on that or you want me to keep running through the scoring I'm just gonna touch on it real quick because this is this would probably be one of my favorite groups to talk about this subject with um just to just to dig in just a little bit further here like I, I shared the same sentiment with both of you guys Andrew Vaughn, I, I had questions whether or not he should have actually made the major league roster uh, out of spring training, just because you know you had a shortened season last year. The guy had no experience above Double A. Like that, we can go down the list. Um, and it was very anti Rick Hahn, I think, to have him on this roster because if you look at what we did with Yoan Moncada, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, everybody else. They all had their seasoning and almost to a point where we were clamoring for these guys to come up and perform. And you're going to take a guy and put him out of his natural position into somewhere just to kind of force his bat into the lineup when it was completely unproven. Mm-hmm. To me, was the 100%. most anti Rickon thing that, that, that has happened during this rebuild. And so that to me was more of a signal that like this team was going for it this year. Hell or high water, they needed his bat in the lineup, especially due to the injury, which to me, like I'm sitting here right now wondering why Jake Berger hasn't been called up or why it took until today to get Gavin Sheets up here. 
in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Jordan actually, before we went on air, had a really good point on Jake Berger. I know you weren't here yet. It was just me and Jordan bullshitting. And Jordan had a really good point. He just Jake Berger is mashing down there right now, absolutely mashing, and he might be a part of something bigger. So they want to keep be. those numbers going. And he it, could be, you know, he could be. But to me, still, if we if mm-hmm. we do the math here, the most anti Rick Hahn thing that signaled that this team was going for it was putting Andrew Vaughn sure into left field, yeah, without any double A experience, without without any real seasoning there outside of like, Hey, you're going to learn this on the fly and go. And he's held up just tremendously out there. Mm -hmm. I don't think that he's, he's as good of the version of Andrew Vaughn that we're going to see in a white Sox uniform. I actually compared him to Paul Canerco driving back from a Sox game with Johnny Nani in the car. When I was talking about, you know, looking at like white Sox lineups from the past where you got like Paul Canerco batting like seventh and eighth, in the order. Right. And here's just a guy that, that can hit and, and do things and, and knows how to play baseball. He's a baseball player, Andrew Vaughn. Mm-hmm. But can we talk about how bad Eloy Jimenez is in left field for a second? I mean, I'm going to spin that real quick. He's, if you're going to compare him to Vaughn, it's not even a contest at that point. And <laughs> I would have so never weird. thought that. It's so weird to me. Like, I just don't feel like that's a real right. thing to say. Yeah. Like, and that just to me, like, that's the writing on the wall there. I know I had those, like, that that article, like, right before Eloy Jimenez ended up getting injured that said, can we move him to DH because something bad's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the ultimate worst case scenario happens. But Andrew Vaughn should be the lesson here. Let, let's not fuck yeah. around with that when Eloy comes back. Like, there's no reason to. No, there's I'm, no I'm reason to. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I don't it. know if Andrew Vaughn, and I'll ask you guys this question: Is he your long-term left fielder on this ball club? I'm going to say no, but maybe this year that's not something that we mess around with. I don't. I we we talked. I feel about it's premature. This. Yeah, we talked about this with Josh Nelson. I think it was yesterday. It was. I think Eloy probably still sees some time out there this year, but I think by spring training action like listen this is this is not happening andrew vaughn was light years better and if he's healthy he's going to be out there and that's just how it's going to be that's for the best health of this team that's what it's going to end up being i could see that i could see that for sure we'll move on into the rest of the scoring here because we keep uh i keep getting sidetracked and wanting to talk about everything um so after that takes place excuse me the next scoring takes place in the bottom of the fifth. I'm sorry. So that'll uh, be Gavin Sheets doubling to shallow left Collins and uh, Collins will score there. Make this uh, score four to two. Lurie Garcia sacrifice fly to center. That'll score Andrew Vaughn five to two. Danny Mendick singles to center. Gavin Sheets scores Mendick to second. That'll be six two White Sox. We get a pitching change for the Minnesota Twins. Tim Anderson singles the shallow right center. That'll score Danny Mendick. That'll be the last of the scoring for the Chicago White Sox. Seven to two, bottom of the fifth inning. Now the Sox get themselves in some trouble. Evan Marshall comes in after a uh, Larnark double to deep right, and that'll uh, that'll be the last um, pitch for Giolito there. He is taken out for Evan Marshall. Now, uh, I want to throw this out here real quick. Evan Marshall had an injury, a forearm injury. The people that are talking major smack about this guy from getting hurt under the White Sox Twitter. I don't know if you guys seen this tonight. It's at, it's at, don't look at it if you have, if you haven't seen it yet. They're talking a bunch of shit about him. It's ridiculous. The dude's hurt, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
be better, Sox fans. You're being a little ridiculous right disappointing. now. Disappointing. Yeah, that's disappointing. Uh, I know that Evan Marshall has struggled this year. The guy has been a model of consistency since he got here. He's had a little bit of a rough year, okay? But, it, you know, the, absolutely ridiculous shit. But yeah, Evan Marshall comes in. I believe he only goes like 14 pitches, boys. I, I'm pretty sure that's it. That's all he went. And, he, yeah, it was 14 pitches. Um, and um, it let up two hits, two runs, both of them earned so that's that's uh he was pulled after that um it was a rough outing for him but if it's a forearm injury and this is something that jordan and i were talking about before, again right before you got here tony is this could be serious forearm injuries are nothing to mess around with what did you see did you either of you see anything that leads you to believe we might be seeing an il stint here i mean i know they came out and said it's day to day but are we going to see an il stint from from evan marshall here maybe get jace fry back up here in this bullpen i would assume the thing that worries me is kind of like what they had seen with glass now where it's like, he's kind of shaking his wrist out and trying to stretch it out and something just doesn't feel right. Right. Um, and again, that's, uh, it's probably a point of panic just too early. Um, but at the same time, it's like forearm injuries aren't things to mess around with. You're, you're going to have some time off with that unless it's just general tightness and nothing comes from it. But usually you're probably going to see at least a short IL stint because of it. Right. I didn't see anything that that really signified anything more than what Jordan said. Uh, obviously, you you hope for the best in the situation. This Sox team is so beat up as it is, and I mean, you you've really seen an emergence from Ryan Burr, um, who comes in after Evan Marshall here. And so, from a standpoint of a guy that uh, I'm currently like trusting. Um, I am going to trust uh, Ryan Burr over Evan Marshall at this very moment. And I think that the White Sox have done a really good job at riding the hot hand mm-hmm. throughout any injury situation that they've been through so far this year. I think that that's something that we can't really argue. The past week uh, or two weeks have been a, a really tough stretch, uh, but you saw it today. Like Gavin Sheets comes up and just picks somebody up. You've seen Ryan Burr come back from injury and pick it up. Jace Fry, if he's the next man up, I know he's rehabbing down in Charlotte. And Evan Marshall needs the needs the IL stint. Um, I wouldn't be surprised just with the nature of how White Sox baseball has been this year that he comes in and steps up and and delivers Evan Marshall or better uh, type stuff out of the bullpen. So am am I worried? Yes, because I don't want to see anybody get hurt. Uh, I'm not going to go do exactly right. what uh, what all these people on Twitter are doing. Uh, Soxide Mike's brings up a great point here. Kopech uh, almost ready to come back as well. So am I worried overall about this bullpen? Yes. Do I think they need to make an acquisition here? Yeah, I think it would be awesome to kind of shore that up. I said this on the Sunday Funday uh, buzz that, you know, like I would probably attack the bullpen first and go find, uh, you know, somebody who's having a good year to come in and add to uh, the eighth or, or seventh inning uh, type role for this team just to make it that much more deadly because um, the bullpen right now, even though there's a lot of names in there that you you would expect to get the job done, um, and I think that we're we're suffering from some recency bias here without having Michael Kopech in there, but you can't have enough arms, and the White Sox do have some depth and some guys coming back. I, I don't want them to stop there, but am I ultimately worried long term about Evan Marshall missing some time? Not as much as as I was when Jose Abreu got hit in the knee. Let's just put it that way. Sure. Absolutely. Now, moving on mm-hmm. into the rest of the scoring, um, then nothing would happen. 
and after you know uh, Evan Marshall's little hiccup there, nothing would happen. It was seven to five. Go through the bottom of the seventh, top eighth, bottom of the eighth, top of the ninth. Liam Hendricks comes in. He did pitch twice on Sunday, but he had a day of rest. Whew. He made it interesting. That's for sure. A lot of people are complaining about him using the slider, not trying to use his fastball enough. Which, hey, I don't. I'm not going to pretend that I know anything about that. So I just, I just like, I like to watch the games and uh, try to critique it. I was kind of shocked by that a little bit. Didn't seem like he had full control, but alas, it, it worked out. Um, uh, Trevor Larnark gets hit by a pitch. He gets Nelson Cruz. He strikes out swinging, but Larnark will get to second on a wild pitch by Hendricks. Kepler walks. Um, then Kepler to second on a wild pitch again by Hendricks, which will get Larnark to third. Uh, Polanco grounds out to second. That'll be good for the second out, but Larnark will score. So that'll be seven to six and Max, or I'm sorry. And Kepler gets the third there. And then, um, after that, Karloff flies out to center. It was, uh, that, that ends the game at seven to six as the final score. Liam Hendricks comes in for 23 pitches. Um, he lets up no hits, but, uh, he does have one run, which is earned. He walks one and strikes out one guys. Liam Hendricks makes, Jordan, is this what you felt like with Colomay all last year and, like, <laughs> and the year before? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just like, holy shit. Like I had like this, um, you know, I'm, I'm a Colomay crew guy. I am uh, fully convinced that he is in Minnesota to kill them from within. I don't know if you ever heard me say that, but that's my, that's my thing. I'm sticking <laughs> to it. But uh, God, I, uh, cats are for closers. Can we give this guy a break? <laughs> Can we give this guy a break? I knew that we were not going to be able to get through this. Why are you yelling? Because we, I knew we were not going to be able to get through this show. I'm a, I'm bad online, Buzz. I'm bad online. Why are you bad online? We got because, we won because we won. We, won. we won. Yes, but it was a heart attack. I went through two beers yeah. in that ninth inning, and I, I I don't know if I ever did that with Alex Calame. I, I, uh, <laughs> I have done that with us. Alex Calame. We have all went through yeah. beers with Alex Calame. Here's the thing: how you felt tonight. Was uh, many an outing I felt with yeah. Calame. Like that, that same, like, because, and, and just to kind of talk to the point about the fastballs real quick. This Minnesota Twins team is a real good fastball hitting team. Like, their batting average on fastballs is 277. They're slugging 515. Like, that's a really good fastball hitting team. So, and, and especially against a bunch of lefties, you got to try and establish that slider as your second pitch. And, he was struggling with that, and you don't want to turn to the fastball because they're going to hit the fastball as well. It was a, it was a tough outing from the start. I kind of had a feeling it might be, especially having to face so many lefties. But that that sort of hard to take you felt tonight was how I felt very many times. Like we just wait, it's like when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? And yeah, thankfully, it didn't happen. The only difference, the only difference is that cocktails are for closers. <laughs> That's the only difference. I, I had just, I had no no doubt in my mind when that hat was cocked that we were getting that dub. I just always feel like I don't know, it's just odd. When Liam comes on, I feel comfortable. Like mm-hmm. I do, I feel very comfortable. It's just in these situations, like I went through a whole if you guys ever seen the family pack of Oreos, I went through a whole row during <laughs> that because I was so nervous. I, I did. I ate the whole damn thing. I have the NBA version with the logos on there. Went through the whole thing. I was so nervous. I nervous eat is what I do a lot. <laughs> and when and, and like he pegs the first guy, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me right, right. now. 
I'm like, we have we have Jordan coming on tonight. We have a guest, of course. Now we're gonna go extra innings or something stupid's gonna happen. We're gonna <laughs> lose this game. We're all gonna be pissed off. But no, he he gets through it. He does well. Thank God the Sox pick up a win. You know, it's needed. We need to be winning these games. Um, you know, Sox are still in first place. I mean, uh, it's been. I know it hasn't felt like it, but I'll say this. It's been a magical year just so far because of all these injuries and everything that the Sox have. We've, we've got we've got some breaking news here. What happened? There, there are some comments. There are some comments that are going down on Twitter from, from the Lucas Giolito, um, Josh Donaldson thing. Yeah, I'm writing um, an article on it right now. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you see what Fegan just posted? Yeah, he's a fucking pest. That's he's a he's fucking doing. pest. But now we've got uh, Dan Hayes coming out there that uh, Josh Donaldson was unavailable to talk during the post game tonight. So I'd like to come up with some theories here while we're on the show having some fun. What's Josh Donaldson doing right now, Buzz? <laughs> well, if Luke, is he at a Nickelback concert, if if three no, doors down, what is he doing? No, he looks more like a three days. Is he finally taking guy. a shower? Yeah, he looks more like a three days grace guy. So he actually might be taking a shower, or I'm just going to guess right now that he brought a bunch of teammates with him after he saw Giolito's comments. And he's going to be the guy saying, hold me back, bro, as he's trying to attack Lucas Giolito. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my theory. I, I, have, I have no idea. You know, that, that's my theory. Maybe he's eating asparagus. Looks like he just fucking smells. I'm sorry. I know I, I shouldn't say that about people. It's really ignorant, but fuck that guy. Good shit, but uh, there there is somebody who replied back and also said that Gilito's in the wrong here. We're in fourth place. <laughs> that's that's funny. <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine for like two seconds? Like, yeah, no, Gilito's wrong. We're in fourth place. Like, shut the fuck up. That's I, like the funny thing is, I could see myself if my team was just not having a good year. I could see myself posting that. <laughs> That's why it's funny. <laughs> I I could totally see myself doing that. Just like I'm pissed. I, my team's supposed to be good. They're not playing well. I'm gonna say something dumb for a few extra likes on Twitter tonight. I I've done worse. Let's just put it that way. You know what's so funny? I'm just typing in Josh Donaldson on uh on on Google right now. And the last time I typed his name in, it says Josh Donaldson lookalike or Josh Donaldson doppelganger because I was trying to figure out who he looked like. And I just, I haven't, you know, I think he just looks like an asshole to me. I can't. He's got his own look. He does. He does have his own look. He's got his own look. Uh, This has been a hate fest on Josh Donaldson. So we're going to move on into the next game of the series here. And that'll take place tomorrow. Uh, 7-10 start. Once again, it'll be uh, right-handed pitcher Bailey Ober against uh, Dylan Cease. Ober is 0-0 with a 4.64 ERA, 21 and a third innings pitch. He struck out 23, let up four long balls, and walked four. Dylan Cease, 6-3. Some say Jordan Lazowski's twin there. 3.81 ERA, 75 and two-third innings pitch there. He struck out 96, walked 32, let up seven long balls. That is the pitching matchup tomorrow. Um, Sox are now... 14 games again above 500. Um, yeah, guys got to pick the click. Jordan, you got to pick the click tomorrow. Oh, I'm going to the game, so I'm going to have to pick Dylan Cease. I, I just, I love when people pick. I, 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 I'm a big Cease guy. I got to stick with my guy. I mean, 
it's going to be a tough lineup tomorrow because you know the Twins are going to do what they did tonight, and they're going to stack the lineup left-handed, and that kind of neutralizes Cease's slider. So it's going to be another difficult night and make sure establishing his other pitches. But I don't know. He's done it once before this season. Let's see him do it again. I, I'm all for a good Cease outing tomorrow. There we go, Tony. Jordan, I may, may, may meet you at the ballpark uh, tomorrow. Maybe Let me know. Maybe, maybe I might be there. I might Let be me know. There. We'll see. We'll see. You guys, what happens. Be bat- you guys are gonna be bother- bat- or bothering, battling Mother Nature tomorrow. We yeah, are gonna be battling Mother Nature. We'll, 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 that's, we may be there. Buzz, you might be with me. Who knows? I, I might be. I you might, you be. might be. We, yeah. we, we might all be at the ballpark tomorrow. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just, you know, talk about you know how great this show was. Last time um, I was at the ballpark <laughs> with Jordan, I laid a smooch on him. Yeah. So, <laughs> last time you were at the ballpark with – well, no, because we were at the ballpark together uh, on, on Saturday. Yeah. But, Yep. For for two seconds, you've kissed two things in my presence yes, at, at the ballpark. Uh, one was Jordan, and one was a chicken. Yeah. So I gotta know. Yeah. Before we get off this show. Yeah. Which one was more satisfying? Jo- for you, the chicken or Jordan? One hundred percent Jordan Lazowski. <laughs> no, I'm honored. That I'm, I'm glad, out the chicken. I, I'm glad. I, I, just, I have to put my love out there. From a it was either row. Jordan or poultry, one or the other. Yeah, I. I yeah. I was a little worried, but we're good. So. Yeah, no, no. It was definitely Jordan Lazowski. So any of the ladies listening, that's your guy right there. Good dude right there. But yes. Um, take I, the chicken. No, no, no. The chicken The chicken thing was uh, I was afraid I was going to get bird flu after. So I was just like, you know, really, really worried. I'm still recovering from Saturday as well. Not um, not like my mind or anything because of the alcohol that was, you know, uh, drank. You almost but, lost a nipple. Dude, I am so I am so cut up. Like I didn't even realize it was that bad. I wore the garbage bag. It didn't protect me very well. But yeah, I'm I'm cut up. But I, uh, I someone tweeted me. I can't remember the uh, the handle, but they were saying that we should get a a um a tarp slide like a slide competition between me and Mark Burley. A slip and, and slide. Yeah, I'd really like to see who could do it better. Because like I I think I looked dead in mine. You did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you yeah. did. Because I had some fun with that. Yeah, I know you did. You made <laughs> yeah. meaning. Yeah, that's fantastic. But uh, it was great. I'll, I'm going to take tomorrow for my pick to click to be Yoan Makata. That's my pick to click tomorrow. Is so. he okay? He should be is, in is tomorrow from everything Makata I read. Okay? He should I be was... in from everything I read. Yeah. So. Okay. Just a little concerning that he wasn't in the lineup today after a day off. And, and I, I can't speak because it took me like 15 minutes to get up off the couch <laughs> to get down here to record this podcast. That's why you guys had a conversation that's been referenced like multiple times. So like I'm 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 hurting right now. I don't know what I did to my back. So I feel for you on Moncada, but he's a he's a couple years younger than I am. <laughs> I feel like he should be able to to get through that. Especially if his mentor is Jose Abreu. Maybe this is my meatball take of the day. Jose Abreu needs to teach some toughness to Yohan Moncada. Going full Kenwell here. Yeah. Uh Yohan <laughs> Moncada needs to learn from his from his uh from his idol Jose Abreu on how to get back into the lineup a little bit more. Meatball take of the day that's coming in spicy hot from Tony on tap. Uh Jordan, how do you feel about that comment? I don't know. I think you does it bother you? I'm serious. Like, does it bother you like that? I feel like the potential's all there, but like he misses that because that's what pisses me off with Makata. I'm like, damn it, dude, you're hurt again. No, I mean that's fair. I think there's a level of just caution he probably takes with himself that it's like 
maybe you're just a low pain tolerance guy or what have you, but it's like, I don't know. The way I read it was just kind of some dead arm type feeling like don't push it. If you don't have to, you're playing a fourth place team. Like, yeah, there's going to be Josh Donaldson would be mad that you said that, right? Right, there. but at, at this, it's like you know, if if you can, it, what am I trying to say? If you can squeeze in a couple extra days here or there over the course of 162, like I'm not mad that you're going to do that. Um, but I get the fans who are like, I want to see you on the field and I want you to kind of play through it. I I get that too. It's just for me, I'm like, I, I got my eyes with this team, especially on October. Like, just make sure you get there and figure it out from there. No, yeah, that's totally fair. That's a totally fair statement. It's just I, I think a lot of it has to come down to where I'm at with him is he just seems but he's been hurt all year. And then sure. my father-in-law brought up a good point today, believe it or not. It was he was like saying, like, you know, do you think that after effects of COVID still bother this kid? He goes, you know, you still don't know how he like reacts long term to it. And I said, that'd definitely be something. I'm not I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not a not a doctor by any means necessary, sure. but I just I don't know. It gets frustrating because everybody's out, man. He's the last guy I want to see missing time, you know. Because I mean, this guy's on pace for what was it like a six war season this year, right? right? And he's not even really hitting for power. I mean, can you imagine if that does start happening? Like, I mean, he's just been absolutely amazing. So we right. know why this team is not hitting for power. It's because there's a firework shortage, boys. Oh my god. <laughs> There's a firework. There's a firework shortage. And uh, why did Frank Menachino say fuck the home run? That's that's straight out of Jerry's mouth, not Frank's mouth. (laughs) I was about to go get all philosophical there, and then I forgot the firework shortage. The firework shortage. (laughs) The firework shortage is definitely the reason why. Tinfoil hat time. I'm bringing all the segments back tonight, Buzz. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy all the segments, but I've, I've got really nothing else tonight, boys. I think that that's really it. Jordan, I, I want to thank you for coming on. And, I mean, everybody who I'm sure listens to this already knows you, but plug plug what you do and where you're at. Yeah, so first of all, thanks for having me on, boys. Uh, it, it's always fun talking baseball, no matter if it's here, if it's on another podcast, if it's at the ballpark. It's always more fun when you're talking baseball, uh, so I appreciate it. Absolutely. Socks on 35th is where you find me um, at Jay 14. If you find some half baked attempts at sarcasm that I find funny. And if you think you'll find that funny, follow me there. I, I, I like to talk white socks. Most of the time I'll throw in some other stuff, but I, I think I'm a decent follow. I don't know, but I, <laughs> I appreciate you I guys having me on. <laughs> I'll, I'll second the decent follow. I will second the decent follow. Tone, you got anything before we ride out, bro? Jordan Lazowski is is one of my favorite Twitter follows. I just have to just throw that out there. Jordan, you've been you've been awesome uh, to talk baseball with uh, since the Shy Sox Weekly days when you came back on that on that show. Uh, just the interaction that we've had on Twitter, it's mm-hmm. awesome. Every single time I get to talk baseball with you, I love it. I know we've got differing opinions sometimes, but they're all based in. Uh, and just the way that we love the game. And, and I, I, I just, I can't express enough how much it's, it's awesome to talk baseball with people who love it as much as, as I do. And that's why we do this show. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. awesome having you on here. I hope that uh, this is certainly not going to be the last time we're talking about uh, a White Sox winner together and just sure. everything else. We need to get you on an extended show so we can dive into some of these things. But uh, if you don't, if you're not following Jordan, go follow him. He is He's he's quick as a whip. He's a Sox math uh, champion. Uh, but I've got to ask one last thing before we go. Sure. Billy Raffel beat you tonight. Billy Raffel's an on tap sports net guy. 
Um, mm-hmm. Who's, who's going to have a better video next time they win? Is it Billy Raphael's video tomorrow? Or, or do you have, do you have anything in store for your next one? That's going to up the production value. Cause I've seen your, I've seen your productions and they're, and they're, they're spot on. Do you think, uh, you think you've got a next one that's going to beat out whatever Billy Raphael does? Tomorrow? I see. Here's the thing. I, I am, I don't know. I like winning it, but also then I win it. I'm like, oh, I got to think of a good video because people are so much quicker and funnier with it than me. I, I'm sure Billy's going to be one of them tomorrow. Um, I've got a few good ideas. We'll see what they end up turning into, but I'm taking my little socks math break. I'm like, if I try, if I keep playing too many and like I win one, I'm like not prepared for a video. It's like, oh, this video is going to suck. And I don't want to do that. It's like, I let the people who are much more creative than me like win and make the socks math video experience more fun then. So so what you're saying right now is you could win socks math any day. You just, you, you don't want to have to deal with making the video every day. Is that what you're saying? I like to think I'll send, this clip, straight, I'll send this clip straight to Joe Binder because I know he's, he's going to listen to this. I told we'll, we'll Joe put Binder. It out there. Like he, the, he, he calls BS on this when I say that. I'm like, Dude, it's like you sit down and you're like, I'm not creative enough to make this video. Like, I'd rather people who are more fun and are going to have some real cool ideas, like, put, you heard put it, it out. Here. Jordan Lazowski is letting everyone else win socks math. <laughs> so he doesn't have to make the video. I will say, I've gotten slower over, like, when I first, my, my first mini drop to start this year, I was like, am I getting slower? Are these people just like, is it a different delay? I'm like, I'm aging. Are you, on X- are you on Xfinity? So, so next yeah, time, I'm on Xfinity. If, if, yeah. if you don't have a video idea, okay, can we just put the buzz sliding in the mud video up there? <laughs> I, I was told multiple times that I should, if that the uh, writer's block of sorts comes up for these, I should be outsourcing them to Sox Twitter. And I've gotten quite a few good ideas from that. So I'm going to throw that right up in there. I'm I'm trying to win Sox math now for like the first time just so i can put the buzz mud slide in i'm I'm gonna gonna hop on the train and that's what i think there's there's something cool about seeing your name it's like you're not gonna get on i mean i don't think any of us are gonna be in jason benetti's shoes anytime soon but it's it's cool to see your name on the broadcast and go go through something i think that's the cool part of it goes beyond winning the actual math part it's being able to see yourself like doing something in front of However many thousands of people are watching it, I think that's cool. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. Absolutely agree with that. Is that the last thing you got, Tombo? That's the last thing I got. I mean, I could talk to Jordan all night, but uh, <laughs> there's not going to be anybody left. So uh, I'm ready to close it down. It was a White Sox winner. I don't think I gave a pick to click, though. So I am going to do that before we get out of here. And I'm going to go with Gavin Sheets. I think he's going to I, I think he's going to continue his his little hot start to uh his major league baseball career here. So, I'm going to go Gavin Sheets. I'll turn it back to Buzz to do the formalities here and we'll close this thing down. Thanks for tuning in everybody. Everybody, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at SoxOnTap at OnTapSportsNet. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us, five-star rating and review cuz that's cool and tough. Check out Grandstand on socials at Grandstand Socks or GrandstandSocks.com if you need any white socks gear. We'll be back tomorrow after the Socks beat the crap out of the Twins again. White Socks forever. White Socks.